You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to the Broadway Gives Back Podcast. I'm your host, Jan Svensson. This podcast spotlights Broadway actors, shows, and organizations in their pursuit of social impact and philanthropy. Join us as some of the brightest lights on Broadway share their stories about their favorite charities and how they got involved, and the people and the causes who benefited from these philanthropic efforts. This podcast is launching a new series called The United Nations Global Goals, where we talk about tackling the world's to-do list and making our planet a better place. I'm joined by my passionate co-host, Anika Larson, who was a guest on this podcast last year and introduced me to the Global Goals. Anika is an amazing actor, a Tony Award nominee, and an activist, putting her time and energy into her social impact work. We decided to work together on this series and bring in guests to talk about the ways in which we can make small changes for the greater good. Yes, Jan, I like that. Small changes for the greater good, the next right thing. Yeah. And our special guest today is Telly Leung who consistently impresses me with his acting and his activism. He was born and raised in New York City, so the world of theater and art has always been a part of his life. Telly has been in so many Broadway shows, including Flower Drum Song, Pacific Overtures, Rent, Aladdin, In Transit, and of course, Allegiance. Telly also produces and directs shows and is a proud graduate of Carnegie Mellon University. He passionately believes in the power of paying it forward, and he works to help young performers and support art education programs. Welcome, Telly, to the Broadway Gives Back Podcast, special edition, UN Global Goals. Hi, Jan. <laughs> Hi, Anika. I'm thrilled to be here with you all. It's well, super late where you are. Yeah. You're so nice to be with us. Yeah. It's, um, <laughs> so FYI, it is 11 o'clock my time. Um, I am in London mm-hmm. five hours ahead because I am here performing in the UK premiere of Allegiance, a musical that I got to uh, work on for many years and premiere on Broadway uh, in 2015 at the Long Anchor Theater. Seven years later, I'm we're doing it again here in London because mm. our wonderful leading man and star, George Takei, who inspired our story that we're telling about the Japanese American internment, um, he says, well, I've never played London. I would love to play London. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's good. So he, so I said, well, if you're, you're going to London, can I come to London? I've never played, I've done seven Broadway shows. I've never done London. Can I come? He was like, sure. So here we are. <laughs> can you do this whole podcast as George Takei? <laughs> oh, that's that, so funny. Would that be weird, Jan? I mean, it's just an idea. 
<laughs> only, only weird if Shelly thinks it's weird. But <laughs> I think George might think it's weird. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Bad idea. <laughs> um, so you have done so much, but a lot of our listeners may not know you as well as we do. So we thought we'd play a little icebreaker game with you and just ask you a few questions. Yeah. Um, no pressure. Um, so everybody gets to know you a little bit. Um, so I'm going to start. What is the best piece of advice you ever received from anyone? Uh, the best piece of advice I ever received from anybody was my high school drama teacher. His name is mm. Vinny Grasso, Mr. Grasso. He volunteered his time to direct the musicals mm. after school. And mm. he told me that in the theater, nobody's job is more important than somebody else's job. That it doesn't matter mm. if you're the star of the show with your name in lights or if it is your job to sweep the stage every night and that is your job, that everybody's job in the theater is important. Mm-hmm. Good advice. Preach. And that, yeah. and that, I think that that sort of you know is um, applies to not outside the theater as well, which which I think has served me well in my right. life. Yeah, oh, lovely. Hey, Telly, would you rather be the smartest or the funniest person in the room? I think they're so tied together. I, I don't. I don't think <laughs> yes. funny people. I don't think like you can be funny without being smart. Or maybe that's just my kind of comedy that I like. So I'm, I agree, but I do think you can be smart without being funny. Agree. <laughs> so maybe I'll say funny. <laughs> Fair enough. What is your most used emoji? <laughs> Believe it or not, it's the nom 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 emoji. It's the one where it's the emoji where he's like, uh, like he's drooling a little bit because usually I'm texting about food. So usually it's like. <laughs> Like I'm really like I'm really hungry for you know whatever like like here in in London like today somebody I saw a post about Popeye's fried chicken and I was like Ugh. like I did the drooly emoji today a lot <laughs> drooly emoji I love it hey Telly what's your superpower um I think my superpower is listening I think that's my superpower I think I'm really good at sitting across from somebody and, and hearing them. I That's agree with point. that. Being fr I've, I've known each other oh, almost gosh. 20 years, and I agree with that as a friend, but also like that's so valuable as an actor, right? Yeah. You can't be a good actor if you're not a good listener, so it's also why you're such a good actor. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. So if you could hang out with any fictional Broadway character from any show, who would you want to hang out with? Oh, that's a really good one. I think I would love to hang out with the Phantom of the Opera in his lair <laughs> and like <laughs> and jam, just like yeah. jam out. Maybe he'd let you paddle the boat. Yeah. <laughs> just like, I want to, I want to get that dude. Yeah. I feel like he's like super misunderstood and he just needs a friend. So I'll, I'll be his friend. Oh, Telly. You'll listen to him. You'll just listen. Yeah. Nobody listens to him. Yeah, man. Play, play, play me that song you've been working on. That sounds great, man. <laughs> um, Telly, if you could only have one album or cast recording to listen to, which would it be? How dare you? These are really hard <laughs> questions. You said no pressure. Um, and then you asked me the Desert Island like album question. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, okay, so album. Um, uh, I I have to say, it has to be a Whitney Houston album of some kind. I think I need that voice. Yes. That so, so and I so maybe it's the maybe it's the Bodyguard soundtrack, you know. Mm, so maybe that's yeah. the one um, that I take yeah. with me to a desert island. Cast recording. 
Mm. Um, I think the cast recording that I would have to take with me is, um, it, and this is going to be like a deep cut here. I think it's the Actors Fund recording of Dreamgirls. <gasps> yes! With Audra <laughs> and Billy yeah. Porter and yep. Lilius White, because it's the whole mm. show, book scenes yeah. and all. And it's yeah. it definitely through many a car ride. And thank you, Seth Radetzky, for doing that. Like, yeah, for, I was like, going to say, doing that concert and recording it. Yeah. Because I've, yeah. I've left that on for many a car ride. Um, huh. like and, and long road trip and it like has saved me. Now, now I just have to sorry, segue for a second. Anika, how would you answer that question? Oh, yeah. oh gosh, I was actually <laughs> sitting here thinking I'm so glad that I wouldn't have to. Do you know what? Honestly, because it's first thought and no judgment and no shutting yeah. yourself down is that um, last night uh, we all got a preview of the Almost Famous album, which comes mm. out in April. And I listened and I wept oh. <laughs> um, because it is it is so good and the music is so good and everyone sounds so good in it and the group numbers and the orchestrations and sitting next to my husband who's a musician who he does not he doesn't really like musicals and he does not compliment stuff unless he really means it and he hears the world in ways that I don't even understand and just he just sat there and the both of us just cried and we couldn't understand why the show's not open so um so yeah so I honestly for now I would listen to that all day every day and weep but you're catching me at a very vulnerable moment yeah. <laughs> okay <laughs> um telly Let's just pretend that a meteor is going to hit this planet. What would your last meal be? Oh, yeah, I've I've had this one a lot. Because now you're, I hear yeah. you like the food thing. So I've got the little yeah. emoji so in the my head emoji. now. So the picture drooling. me as a drooly yeah. emoji right now. Okay. Um, it is, and this isn't the most sustainable meal, but it's my last meal on Earth. It would be like a ribeye steak, medium rare, with fresh horseradish. <laughs> Wow. That's specific. Is, yeah. yeah. Like just a just I just want to dive into a steak and and have the meat sweats afterwards. Wow. Okay. <laughs> hey Telly, what do you most give a damn about today? Um let me just say the world is so messed up and there's so many things to give a yeah. damn about, but like at this moment, yeah, today. what crossed your mind today? What crossed my mind what I today and again, I think you're right, it changes every day. What, what crossed my mind today is uh, that I think it's really important for different generations to not just block each other out. Mm. So, you know, I, and I keenly feel as somebody who's in his 40s that, you know, and, and that does a lot of teaching of university kids and, and teaches a lot of kids who are 18, 19, 20, who are the future but also mm. is, has now parents who are in their 70s, right? Um, and, mm. and, and we're taught and trained by those people of a different generation. You know, I, I feel passionately about, I think we, I'm the bridge. I think we are the bridge. People my mm. age group um, are the folks that will, that will make the two understand each other, you know? It's like, you know, so, th so we can't have the grownups going, oh, these kids, they just want to burn it all down. <laughs> And, mm. and I think, and we also right. can't, can't also, the kids also can't say, you adults, you ruined it for us. And not even yeah. know how, how hard we've worked actually to make the world right. the way it is, how hard we fought in our own way when we were kids and we were young to make, make the mm. world so that they can be so loud about all the things that they're angry about, right? So I think mm. that's, I think, um, which I think plays into my superpower of listening. I think it's, it's, my, mm. it's yeah. sort of my job to like 
tie the two together. Wow, Telly. That was yeah. an unexpected and beautiful answer. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Thank you. And I love how it all ties together. <laughs> mm. <laughs> but, you know, it's interesting when thinking about you, Telly, I, you know, think about your work, but also thinking about your philanthropy, your activism, and it really does all tie together. And that whole idea of paying it forward, you know, again, you just talked about generations that is about paying it forward. And, um, and even the show, you know, that you're in right now, Allegiance, it's, it, you know, you're, you're sort of looking at the legacy of what was, right? right. And um, so I feel like there's just a, a really nice sort of full circle thing here. Um, speaking of which, so I just want to mention a few of the things that you do before we get into the global goal conversation. Um, the Jimmy Awards, which are um, sponsored by the Broadway League, and it's for it's a high school sort of talent competition, if you will. High schools all around the country compete, and they send kids to New York, and then there is a sort of, I guess, a male and a female winner, um, and um, they do a little mini award ceremony. It's really sweet, and these kids, some of them are so insanely talented. But um, Telly's been involved with that as a coach and as a as a, a judge and a mentor. Um, you teach classes, you're an adjunct professor and a guest teacher, and you do master classes. You also do social justice work, and you've also been very vocal about some of the voice surgery, vo vocal issues and, and, and things, which a lot of people are afraid to talk about. So I feel like you are um, you're very outspoken, and you're also, you know, you sort of put your money where your mouth is, um, and, and you do the work. And so I, I just wanted to talk about that, and I wondered... Um, where does this come from? Like, is this something? <laughs> no, really, because not everybody does that. You know, some people are just in their own little space. But is this something were you raised this way? Did you see somebody model it for you? Did you? Did it come to you later? That's a great question. Why Can do I chime why in do you... before you answer, sure. Kelly? I would yeah. love to chime in just because when J Jan and I were talking about prepping for this, um, I just I, I I told her he is just a person that I think of who when, when you ask him for help, he shows up. Mm. There's that, you actually, we were talking about gold in my hair the other day on the vlog. Um, and, um, but there's that, um, the one woman show about her and the great quote from that play. Um, there are people who tell you they love you and there are people who show up. Mm. And it's just, you are one of the people who, when called upon, you show up. Like the whole history of our relationship. And not just, I don't mean just as a friend, I mean literally like, when my friend April Nichols said, let's start a theater company to serve New York City and go into schools and go into old folks' homes, we call, I, I asked around my actor friends who would become members, like commit to being a member who commits to doing a certain amount of out, outreach every month. And you were a, immediately a hard yes. And then, you know, like just asking you to do this podcast and this vlog or last year when I said, please come sing for the gala <laughs> yeah. for New York City Children's Theater. It's just, you always say yes. And, and, I, uh, and it's just, it's so, it's because... You are heart. You Aww. just when I think of Telly, I think of love, and I guess maybe that does tie into the listening because listening is such an act of love. But um, but yes. So um, as you were formulating an answer to that question, I wanted to chime <laughs> Aww, in and say you, that Lisa. I agree. It's got to come from somewhere, and it must be your parents. Gosh, you're gonna make but, me cry. But like, Gosh, where? Thank you. <laughs> um, you know, it's interesting. I uh, well, first of all, thank you for all of that. Like, and you know, Anika and I, we have known each other for almost two decades now. So it's our friendship goes mm. way back. And I think part of that is, you know, I, my, my mom is one of five. My dad mm. is actually number 15 of 17 brothers and sisters. Whoa. So giant families, right? 
Um, yeah, I oh always joke that like with my Chinese family that like my family is single-handedly responsible for the one-child policy <laughs> in China because <laughs> we overdid it, you know. Um, I, but but uh, but you know because they had such big families, I'm an only child, right? So it was oh, such a big right. shift. Oh. So I think in many ways, me being involved in theater, um, me really was because a as a little kid, I grew up by myself. You know, I grew up by myself and I and I had a lot of imaginary friends. And so I had an active imagination, right? I like to play, play pretend by myself. But also anytime I went to school, I was one of those people that actually really liked school because it was instant brothers and sisters. It was instant community. It wasn't me at home anymore. It was me as a part of something bigger, whether that was a classroom or, and now as I grow up, it, it's no, it's actually now looking back on it and going, where did that come from? I go, oh, right. It probably came from the fact that I was a little kid who grew up a bit lonely with a big imagination and like, but I liked people. Like I liked being mm. with other people, making things with other people, doing things with other people. So once I, you know, it's interesting, my casts that I've been a part of, they're professional relationships, of course, but I actually call them my rent family, my Godspell mm. family, my allegiance yeah. family. You know what I mean? And, mm -hmm. and I, and I know it sounds hokey sometimes when people say that, but it is true. I know in the theater, we toss around the word family a lot. We toss around the word community a lot, but it is actually, mm -hmm. I think, at the core of why I do all the things that I do and I do say yes. You know, when, when mm -hmm. Anika, my sister, says mm -hmm. of 20 years, mm -hmm. right? My show sister, mm -hmm. not my blood sister, mm -hmm. but my show sister says, I need you for mm -hmm. something. I am gonna try mm -hmm. my best to show up because I also feel like those people would probably do the same for me if I ever needed that, right? So, mm -hmm. and you do, and mm -hmm. for me, you know, I think in my early 20s, all I wanted to do was perform, right? Get to the next show, perform, work with incredible artists, all of that. And then somewhere in my 30s that shifted as I had 10 years in the business and I went, you know what, why do I, why do I keep doing this? This is really hard. Show business is really hard. Eight shows a week <laughs> is really hard. But the reason why I like, sh I like it is because I like showing up and seeing all of those people at half hour and like seeing mm -hmm. them on stage and I realized that it really was the community aspect of it that, that was at the core of why I did what I did. The show could be terrible. And yet, <laughs> and yet when you, if you're doing it with a really great group of people, there, it's, there's yeah. still a good experience to be had by that. So yeah. it's all about, to me, I, I always say, why, why do you do this? And I go, oh, it's the hang. Because there's nothing like theater people. Yeah. It's the hang, right? Yeah. And do you think that's the same, that feeling of community is what motivates you to give back? I think so. I mean, I think that's a huge motivator. If Anika is passionate about something, an organization that I don't know anything about, and she goes, come and sing at this gala. I go, oh, that's great. Yeah, if she cares about it, I want to care about it too, because mm -hmm. I care about Anika, right? So, and mm -hmm. that extends to so many of my friends where that's happened. I also think that, you know, an organization that is amazing for the Broadway community is Broadway Cares, Equity Fights AIDS. And of course they do all of that incredible work with, with the hundreds of thousands of dollars that they give away to all these different charities and, and all of that. But the thing that they, that, that they really do is make, make us Broadway people in the community feel like we are doing something outside of that little bubble of Midtown that we all live in or, mm, outs yeah. or that, that the things that we do, that we get together into, and, and that it doesn't necessarily have to be a monetary donation. It could be a donation of your voice, your talent, your time, your physical mm -hmm. presence holding a bucket, but that, but it just, it, it, they have created a way 
for us to go, you know what, we're going to do something that is outside of ourselves, outside of our jobs that we get paid for, but that we all get to like do together. And isn't that fun to be able to do that? Mm -hmm. The friendships I've made backstage at an Easter bonnet, you know what I mean? Or and the <laughs> bonds I've made, you know, recording Carols for a Cure, like those are lasting relationships and friendships, you know? Yeah. I have often thought how well-named Broadway Cares is. It's just, it's yeah. so, tr it's so apt. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Broadway really does care. And, you know, yeah. not to, not to be dismissive of Hollywood or anything, but, and, and certainly Hollywood, you know, is philanthropic and, and, and there's activism, but it's different. And Broadway, in the Broadway space, mm -hmm. it's just, it's so authentic and it's so, everybody, you're right, Tally, to your point, like everybody is part of it. Mm -hmm. And, and it is that sense of community. Yeah. Broadway people also show up. Like if we say yeah. we're going to show up to something, we actually do. Like mm -hmm. I, I found that to be very true, you know, for the most part. Mm -hmm. And I think that is because we've all, from, from an early time of us entering this business and this community, we've had to show up for things like Broadway Cares, right. you know. They've made those opportunities for us to show up. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I also, I wonder how much of that, and this, I honestly have never talked or thought about this before, but how much of that is that that we we have a place where we all are, you know, like Midtown Manhattan um, is a place where you just know if you're walking down Ninth Avenue, if it's at least more than two blocks, then you're going to see somebody that you know. If you're in any of the studios anywhere, you're going to bump into people that you know, that there is a way to, that makes you continue to feel like you're a community. Also that I, I think just the nature of the work is different. When you go to your Broadway show, there are at least a hundred people there you see every day mm -hmm. that you interact with every day as opposed to, I, I don't do TV and film, but it just seems like you, you're in your trailer, there are certain people you see, but there's not the same kind of, a family can't be created. Also, you know, long running shows that it's just the amount of time that you spend with each other. So that it really, it lends itself to community building, just the nature of theater. Yeah. Absolutely. And the feeling of collaboration. Um, yeah. And New York and New York City, you know, I'm, I'm bi-coastal, so I go back and forth between New York and LA and I think of it as my kids, you know, so if I love them equally but differently. Mm -hmm. But um, New York, I mean, it's, it is like there's just a sense of community. Even there's so much diversity, there's still a sense of community, which kind of brings us around to talk about this idea of sustainable cities mm. and you being a city kid, um, Tally, born and raised in New York City, we thought you'd be a perfect person to talk about this notion of what makes a sustainable city. And it's not just about the um, you know, in environmental things, it's about all of the other things that make a city um, sustainable and livable. So we thought that we would start with you and talk about some of that. And Anika, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw to you for the sort of yeah. Because I know it, and I know you did. You guys worked on a vlog together, yeah, so I thought right. maybe we could. I thought maybe we could talk about that too. Absolutely, absolutely, because um, of course this is all part of the larger programming for Earth Month, and so. Uh, Jan was the one who came up with the brilliant idea of doing the crossover guests. So the guests that I'm co-hosting with here are also all going to be on my vlog, my 17-part vlog. Each one is for a different global goal, which is, of course, this amazing framework to understand how to take action and the idea that all of our world's problems are intersectional, interdependent, intertwined, entrenched in each other. And that in, the good news is, is that in helping solve any of them, you are helping to solve all of them. But it's the idea that 
it's it, it isn't sustainable to be polluting the the oceans or the air or the land but it is also not sustainable if people don't have access to decent work or clean water or education or equality based on their gender or their race or their income levels so um that's why i get super nerdy for the global goals is because i just think there's so elegantly globalgoals.org you guys it's just they're so elegantly broken down it's so heartening to think some people have really done great thinking about the world's to-do list, as they call it, um, and how to solve our problems. And it makes it all feel much more manageable. So Telly came to talk about global goal number 11, which is sustainable cities and communities, because he is a city boy born and raised, and um, he gets it. So yeah, Telly, tell the folks why. Yeah, I, I'm, a, I'm a New Yorker, native New Yorker, born and bred. My parents still yeah. live in Brooklyn. So um, mm -hmm. I have an incredible uh, amount of pride as a New Yorker, yeah. and I'm and I and I love my city. Um, Global Goal Eleven, which is sustainable cities and communities. This goal is it says that the world's population is constantly increasing. So to accommodate that increase of population, we've got to build modern and sustainable cities. For all of us to survive and prosper, we need new, intelligent urban planning that creates safe affordable and resilient cities with green and culturally inspiring living conditions. Yes. And I love I that love this that is the global line. goal, right? It's <laughs> yeah. the global goal that talks about how it's it's not sustainable to, to if you don't have cultural inspiration, if you don't have strong cultural institutions, because of course that is what we do. We're biased, but everybody knows that how, how critical that is to a thriving society. Yeah. You know, when people think about, you know, environmental global initiatives. They usually think about making cities sustainable with recycling or public transportation and right. all of that. But, mm -hmm. but it also has to involve protecting and supporting those cult cultural institutions. It's through culture and art, things like museums and theaters that we care for the yeah. place that we live, that we feel pride, that we feel love, that we wanna take care of not only yeah. the place where we live, which we call home, but that we have to take care of each other right so i i think this yeah. this is um it sort of gets really to the to the root of it i think which is awesome yeah yes telly preach tell it telly with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky no no nothing like that it's just these cash prizes add up quick so i suggest you sit back keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky play for free at luckylandslots.com are you feeling lucky no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, so tell, I have a question for both of you. Um, Let's just take New York City as an example. Do you think that, how, where do you rate New York City in terms of being a sustainable city? Um, what do you think New York City does well? What do you think still needs improvement? Um, or, or are there any other cities in the world that you think are, you know, something that we should look to and model? 
Um, I think that, well, I, I, I very much think that it's good for us in America to be looking elsewhere to remember, because people are often doing things better other places. And so it is always smart to see what everybody else is doing and what you can learn and how you can improve. Um, some, a, a fun fact I recently learned that I um, really dig is that uh, New Yorkers have one third of the carbon footprint of people who live in rural or suburban areas. One third. That is something I actually think we're not proud enough about. <laughs> I don't. I and I. I've started. Part of my mission is to make sure New York City kids know it. Mm. Um, that they are just by living, and it's mainly because of public transportation yes. and high density housing. Yeah. Um, that really, that New Yorkers are crushing it on the sustainability front in that way. And you know, there are more and more initiatives. This new composting thing, it's such a big deal and it's really exciting. And everybody get your brown composting bin because composting is, I just, I thought it was just for hippies and farmers, but it turns out it actually really matters. <laughs> new York spends $400 million every year to take uh, trash to other places as far away as South Carolina and put them in landfills. A third of that is food that could be composted. Um, when it ends up in landfills, it produces methane, which is one of the worst greenhouse gases. If we keep it in New York and we put them in those brown composting bins, then it gets turned into compost, which then beautifies our parks. People can take it. They can get it for free and put it in their own backyards. Um, and also rats, because uh, rats can get into the, the food stuff that's in your trash bags, but rats cannot get into the brown composting bins. So humans win like a thousand ways because of composting. And the only one who loses is the rats. <laughs> <laughs> that was I'm not how I expected to answer that question when you first asked it. And rats is definitely something New York does not do well. For sure. <laughs> so I so I'll put that on the list. But I, as a New Yorker, I am very proud of our public transportation. And I know that we moan and complain about the subway mm -hmm. on a daily basis. But Because we're New Yorkers. Correct. But <laughs> yeah. what, but you know, as somebody who's I'm working internationally right now and you know, I have to say the tube is amazing, you know. Um, the New mm -hmm. York City subway system runs longer and actually more frequently and is and has an even wider reach and is mm. also more cost effective than actually the, the tube is here, right? Um, mm -hmm. Something that I think London does very well is that London has really um, reduced plastic use. So ah. even when you go to, you know, you go to Pret or something and you get um, mm -hmm. a salad, all of your utensils are made from wood now. All the utensils are wooden here. I, I, I don't. Is that? Did they legislate that? I'm not it's sure if it's legislated. It's more expensive. We might yeah. have to have somebody, somebody over there, fact check this for us. But I know that I have mm. not used a plastic utensil since wow. I've been here. Um, and also That's grocery great. shopping. I carry, you know, everybody sort of carries their own grocery bag now around with them. So it's just become a thing. And I know New York is very good at that mm. as well because I know that when I go grocery mm. shopping, I, I carry extra bags with me. You know. Um, yeah. And and it is the little things. It's the little things that 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 really do add up to to big things, especially in big dense places like London and New York. Yeah, no, I love great. the the idea of the little things because I feel like I was very overwhelmed, um, and then I went to I forgot the name of the concert, but it was Al Gore's concert for the Earth. This was like whatever, fifteen twenty years ago, whatever, and. Um, and, and his film. And I realized, oh, it is the little things that add up. And I remember yeah. going home and like unplugging things that were charging, but that were done charging. Yeah. And I remember changing my light bulbs. And I remember thinking, it's the little things that add up. And I feel like yeah. I'd like to know more hacks, sort of more, what are more little things that we can do that um, if we all do it, 
make a really big difference. As as a performer who travels a lot and spends a lot of time in airports, I and I almost never buy a bottle of water anymore. That's just yeah. not something I do anymore because it's and I I guess I didn't realize how often performers we do need to stay hydrated. I'm I'm sucking down a coconut water as we speak, but um but you know. I think that that was my thing. I, I have a real conscience. <laughs> like it really hurts my conscience when I go, okay, I ha I, like I, I'm buying this pl plastic bottle of water, mm -hmm. knowing that it's going to probably take a, a long time for it to yeah to, for it to go away. Plastic is yeah, it's a really big problem, and single use plastics right. particularly the ones you buy, and then I think two percent of plastics that are made every year are actually recycled. Right. It's it's just it, it's not it's. It's, the system isn't working currently. And I think that it's, um, I think a lot of the time it's literally about just flipping the switch in your mind. There are going to be times where you have to buy plastics. There just are. Um, it's not avoidable now. Hopefully we'll start getting better at it. Legislation helps so that it becomes illegal to throw plastic at us in the ways that we can so much now. Um, but really it's about, um, like just the other day, it occurred to me that we, we have a wood-burning stove here in my house and I buy... A, and put them in my husband's stocking for stocking stuffer lighters with the extra long thing so he can reach it in. But there, I looked at it and I was like, this is so much plastic for so mm. little uh, ultimate purpose. And this will sit now in a landfill mm. forever. And I could just be using matches. matches. And why aren't we just using matches? And it's no inconvenience and actually cheaper. And I bought the really super long matches. Mm -hmm. I had such a fond memory of them from my from my childhood. But so it's, that's one of the things where people start to feel like, oh, but it's so hard to be. Actually, sometimes it's easier and better to be. You just didn't think. So it's just about switching in your mind. Um, and then the other thing that I really think that people, it, it's a plastics issue that I think people just don't know about and is actually a really heartening, exciting, easy fix is um, our laundry, is doing our laundry in more efficient ways. There's a, yes, Telly's freaking out. You can't hear that, but you can see. <laughs> He's freaking out is because um, washing machines are so good nowadays that you don't have to use hot water. You really always can wash on cold and, and uh, detergent is so good. And particularly if you buy um, eco-friendly detergent, that's always great. Um, but so you can wash on cold. You can wash for short washes. You don't need to do the extra long wash. Drying your clothes on low instead of high is actually better for your clothes. And also it solves, it helps to solve the problem of I don't know if you guys have heard of microfibers, but it's all of the clothing that's not cotton that's made of like rayon or polyester. Polyester is the worst one. Acrylic, um, spandex. Um, all of those, when you wash them, shed these microscopic, you can't see them, fibers. I know, Telly. I know. And immediately like, you know, oh no, not another problem that's so much. <laughs> it is 30% of the plastics that are in the ocean are microfibers that are in the fish. They're in the sharks. They're in the animals. They... Who, they might be in us now, they're microscopic. But here's the thing, you can stop it where it starts, at, in your laundry. You can either get a filter and put it on the back of your washing machine that stops it, and we should legislate that washing machines should not be made without these filters anymore. It's a no-brainer, they're doing it in Europe, of course. Um, but you can put a filter, Filtrol is the name of a company who makes filters that you can put on the back of your washing machine. If you're not able, if you go to laundromats, mine, we can't reach the back of our filter because of the way it's wedged into a little closet. You can buy a bag, mine, the brand is Guppy Friend, um, but you can buy a bag and you can put those particular, just the stuff that's polyester or whatever, into that bag and then you wash it in that bag with your other laundry and then you take it out and you dry it regularly. But literally, you can't stop pollution from coming out of your car 
car and capture it and throw it away responsibly. You can stop microfibers from leaving your house and and throw them away in, in, responsibly. It's a problem that we can all fix if we just knew about it. Um, and so that's one of the things that's actually, a, it's a bummer to know of another problem we didn't know about, but one that's so easily solved is exciting because it's rarely so simple as that, that we have control over it. I, I have two. Was no that idea. for a hack? I love that. I have I, no idea. I have two thoughts on that. A, what you said about it being cheaper. So listen, we all know yeah. when we go to airports and we buy we have we buy that bottle of water that it costs yeah. a bazillion dollars. But that Ridiculous. but that but that empty water bottle that I have that is that is plastic, but I'm using it over and over and over and over again. Right. It's not a single use plastic. Right. Is is right. great. It's saving me so much money at the airport when I can fill yes. up my bottle and keep reusing right. it, right? Yes, that's why people are loving LED lights is because the, ultimately it saves you so much money on electricity and it's so much better. All the Broadway marquees now are LED lights. Did you Yay, know that? I love that. Telly? I did know that, that actually. Means, I did know yeah, that. Yeah, two-tenths of the amount of power every year, two-tenths of the power that it, used, that it, used, to, um, that it used to take to, to light those Broadway marquees um, because they're LED lights now. But landlords love it because it's cheaper. It's cheaper. So when that's always how we're going to win and those battles. You had another thought. Laundry. I got so excited when you started talking about laundry because I- You did. I've switched. <laughs> so the giant, when you go and you buy, you know, Tide, and it comes in that yeah. giant plastic jug. So when it's all gone, mm -hmm. that you throw mm -hmm. that jug out and you recycle the jug. But again, we talked about how only 2% of it is actually recyclable, right? I've started right. using the dissolvable sheets. The she yes, they're paper, right? I love yeah. them because, yeah. the, because so much of laundry detergent is just water. Well, we get water yeah. from the from the right. washing machine. So right. there are there and the, the, you get like a box of like 250 or 500 sheets that yep. dissolve in your laundry. So no more yep. buying giant tubs that you're schlepping from the from the right. you know the the Costco or whatever and no more like pods even. Like I I'm not yeah. even using pods anymore because the pods most yeah. of that pod is just water anyway when all of your detergent yeah. could be in a dissolvable sheet. And it's just as good, and I'm obsessed. And I actually brought dissolvable <laughs> sheets with me to London because they're in my suitcase. And it was easy. Yeah, easy. They're, yeah. yeah, I just put them in a Ziploc bag, and I put them in my suitcase. And I have like laundry detergent. I've not bought laundry detergent here, which is so great because I brought my, you know, my my sheets with me. And it ends sheets. up being cheaper, actually. Yeah. Okay, I have now learned so much about laundry. I'm going to go up and do a few yeah. loads here completely differently than what I used to do. No, but seriously, that's exactly what I was looking for. Like, what are these hacks? And that's so helpful. Yeah. You know, the other thing about the whole idea that you, you were talking about before, Telly, was we need cities that have like intelligent urban planning and that are safe, that are affordable, that are, I think you said, resilient, but also have the culture. So- like, what are examples of things that are happening in cities now, whether it be New York City or other places, that are examples of that? Yeah. Like, just to take, like, urban planning or, or you know, obviously safety is, well, that's a bigger issue on so many levels. But, yeah, I, you know, from, um, you know uh, it's so funny that you asked that today because today was sort of a rainy day in London. And, you know, I'm, I always try to find vocally healthy things to do that don't require a lot of talking when I'm here doing Allegiance. So... Um, I went to the Tate today, which is the modern art mm. museum here in London, yeah. and it is free. So here in London, you know, most museums here, they, they, they ask for a donation if you can afford it, but it's accessible. Anybody, and, mm. and right now it's half term, which is sort of what they call spring break here. So many kids 
in the museum mm -hmm. checking out mo the modern art like how cool is that you know i also think the pu public spaces right like so yeah. you know the it, the tate happens to be right along the thames well the te you can walk along the thames on the north bank or the south bank and that it's it's a beautiful view and it's completely accessible and it's 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 also just it's great exercise so like all of those the beautifying of those public spaces that are free and accessible to people and places like cultural centers like museums that are free and accessible to people like that's those are all things that we can take great pride in you know and new york has those spaces too i mean i i'm a west side person yeah. so i i for sure walk along the west side a lot i go to I, you know little island is brand new which i love yeah. that's there for me and and you know and i and i love all of our parks thank god for parks during the pandemic when you know yeah. we had to be outside so um new york definitely has that as well and i and i think we need to really take care of those spaces yeah i agree public spaces green public space spaces and um new york has phenomenal ones and the high line, high line. is another great yeah. example the high line i've is also heard example. that the new battery park is like unbelievable for a thousand reasons that we should all go down to the bottom of manhattan and check it out um and that's something that i love too is that because we can't always control city property right but that people have started really like building green spaces on tops of buildings mm -hmm. and um like the people who are like I don't know. You don't grow bees. What do you do? You care you, for bee hive bees. You keep bees. You keep bees. <laughs> you, keep bees. Yeah. you keep. Well done, Jan. They are keeping bees. But like the stuff that the ways that people. That's always the most exciting thing is the sort of ingenuity or the innovation is when people are making like just really problem solving in ways that are just so clever. Um, and that's what's heartening is to, when you see all of the ways that so many different people are problem solving so smartly is that's how you know we're going to be able to do this yeah but it starts with loving I, loving your home and and right and, and, and your community and, and loving your community and having pride in it is really what is really what it is yeah yeah there's a um i forget the name of the organization now i think it's in chicago but they started with um it was too big to think about working, you know, doing something national. And it was too big to think about doing it for a state or a city or even, you know, a neighborhood. So they started with, what can we do on this block? Yeah. And I love the concept of that because it's so local. It's, I mean, it's so micro-local, you know? Yeah. And they've, each block has formed these, you know, these sort of groups, small communities to make small improvements on their block. Yeah. And then it sort of expands out. And, um, and I love that idea. Um, that I reminds also me of, oh, there's this really cool initiative. Um, I'm not going to think of the name of it either, but it's basically, it's the largest conservation effort across like lots of different people, which is it's the idea of letting your backyards go wild. And that that's like one large sort of conservation effort, um, which I was thrilled about because I cannot <laughs> keep up with my yard. So when I realized that like, in a second, my inability to care for it turned into an act of conservation. <laughs> so thrilled. I now am, it's a choice. Yeah, like, I, I, am, I am choosing to not mow my lawn. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, exactly. the one I'm going to adopt now is um, instead of I'm going to wear the same dress to every event that yes. I go to because, you know, I'm going to make that as a statement about you know, sustainability and conservation. Yes. Um, it's the best I, thing you can do fashion wise is right? repeat outfits, buy something repeat. that's meant to last and wear it, wear it, wear it. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then as you talked also about the cultural and I feel like obviously that's the, the spot where we all intersect. And um, mm. 
you know, a sustainable city has to have that culture. And you talked about museums and obviously there's theater both in London and in, um, in New York, but also like so many places. And I just wondered, are there any examples that you can think of, of ways that culture is being brought to, um, to everyone, making it more accessible to your point? Um, are there any other cities that are doing it sort of in a way that's just, wow, this is so forward thinking. Um, I know that for, Broadway back in the day we did we started Broadway on Broadway because we felt like that was a cool way to bring Broadway to everybody mm-hmm. and then we did Broadway in the boroughs so we were bringing Broadway to all the boroughs and I just wondered if there's any other examples that you could give about how culture is so key to um, the sustainability of a city yeah being in London right now I am keenly aware of the differences between being in London and being in New York as an American mm-hmm. in London where so much of theater and arts is subsidized here, which means Mm -hmm. that there is actual government support here that then brings the ticket prices down in a way where where it is accessible. You can see Allegiance for 25 pounds. You can do that. You can see a play at the Mm -hmm. National for 20 pounds. Do you know what I mean? Now, there's other issues there that, that come into play, you know, as far as like here, labor unions are not as strong as they are in mm. the United States, if you're an artist or a perf- or, or working perf- performing arts professional, right? So that is different mm-hmm. here. But I will say that because of the subsidies to arts, because of them even having a national theater, you know that um, th- where where the, the the purpose of it, the mission of it is to is it is we this is our identity. Part of our identity is this theater. There's a statue of Sir Lawrence Olivier outside of it, who was one of the founding members mm-hmm. of the theater. Like they're so proud of it. Do you know what I mean? Mm. This institution. Um, and they make sure that it is accessible, that there are, you know, tickets that, that are at an affordable price, that they make sure they bring young people in, you know. Um, I I think we could really learn from that a lot. You know, I know that there are initiatives happening on Broadway, but I think with with Broadway and with theater in America, there is mu- a much more emphasis on like profit than there is about the impact. Yeah, and you can't take you can you can't take risks as easily then when it's about profit. That's right. You can't. They they can take risks more right in England because it doesn't have to. Yeah, the word success is, means something different there. That's yeah. right. That's right. I agree. But the fact really is, the government point. helps. You know, a lot yeah. of a lot yeah. of theater is subsidized, and we—I don't know if we have that. We really don't have that. You know, we have a non—we have non-for-profit theater models here in America, right. but like we we don't really have that national sense of, hey, our tax dollars are are going to help that should go to the correct. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean, and, right. and that, that the recognition, yeah, and that it benefits our future generations. That that is yeah. the way we get the next generation, your kids. Are my students to be more empathetic human beings is mm-hmm. to is to have things like that so that they yeah. th- so that you know what I mean it's it's it is it is as important as math and science and literacy it is just as important yeah, yeah. Ste- I, um, steam I steam think, all the way yeah. steam yeah. not stem <laughs> yeah I often think about how um, theaters and churches have basically the same architecture 
And it's because their purpose at the end of the day, I think, is quite the same, which is communion. It's coming together to know we're not alone, yes. to share our values, to share our experiences, to help to understand ourselves, to get help, to get support. They do the same things. Um, and um, there's, yeah, it's, there's, I mean, there's a reason there's music in both of them, mm -hmm. right? Like that it's so, so vital to both of them. Um, yeah, that it is so, the arts are just so critical to, to a healthy, thriving society. Um, yeah, I agree, Tally Preach. You know, Let's legislate that. Yeah, I mean, the, the, you know, we worked on Godspot together. And so, so, yeah. so you and I are, are keenly aware of sort of the similarities and, and the, yeah. a, a, a between, you know, that, that is what Godspot is about, right? It's, a, it's, a, it's sort of yeah. is about how, the theater is just as sacred as a church, you know, yeah. as far as bringing people together and the kind of positive change that it can create. I think about that often, you know, I, I know yeah. you, you and I, Nika, like we do eight shows a week and by that Sunday matinee, you're exhausted. But you know, the mm -hmm. thing that keeps us going is knowing that someone in that, for somebody in that audience, it's either their first yeah. Broadway show for somebody in that audience, it could be a life changing experience. Yeah. And we know that because it was that for us at some point mm -hmm. that made us now mm -hmm. decide to do this as a profession, right? Mm -hmm. So like, mm -hmm. I, I think when I do feel exhausted and completely knackered, as they say here in, in London, <laughs> um, that, that I go, you know what, but I owe it to somebody in that mm -hmm. audience and probably, you know, probably little telly who's sitting out there to like, mm -hmm. to, to, to give it my 100% to, to have so that I, I have no idea what sort of impact I'm going to have on them, right? And it's the same thing with churches. You know, they, people will sit. That sermon might not make sense in that moment, and then something can happen in your life five minutes, five years, you know, five decades yeah. later, and you go, oh, my gosh, now it clicks and it makes sense. And you're right. It's all about people not yeah. feeling alone. I think that's part of taking mm -hmm. pride, too, is going, oh, right, I share this, this space, this planet, this city yeah. with other people. And, yeah. and, and we, we do have to care for each other. And in, in a subliminal way, the theater and the church sort of reminds us of that. It is so much about the connecting. And as someone who's not a performer, but someone who's a fan, somebody who's a theater goer, and somebody who grew up going to synagogue as a sort of a atheist kind of Jew or cultural Jew, I guess. Um, but there's something, there's, you're right. I never really thought about that that comparison between the religion and the theater. But when I walk into a temple, and again, I'm not religious, but something comes over me and I just want, I get tears in my eyes. Mm -hmm. And it happens to me in the theater too, mm -hmm. especially those moments right before the show starts mm -hmm. when you're holding your playbill and you're just kind of sitting there with the anticipation. I just mm -hmm. get all, as we would say in Yiddish, verklempt, you yeah. know, like I just mm -hmm. get very emotional. And, and I do think it's that exchange of energy in that room, that connection, um, and, for me anyway. And it's also the act. I mean, we talked about showing up. Like a thousand mm -hmm. people decided to show up and share an experience together. That is moving, actually, to me. That they, mm -hmm. these thousand people that are sitting at the Broadhurst Theater could have been doing anything else with their yeah. lives, anything else. And yet what they chose to do is sit in that theater and share an experience with other human beings, strangers, people they don't know, right? right. <laughs> with more people they don't know up on a stage. Like, so, and that, and it's the same thing. You go to synagogue, you go to temple, you go to church, same thing. Those people choose every Friday, Saturday, whatever that is, Sunday, to like share Once that space together. <laughs> 
Yeah. When really the alternative is they could be doing anything else. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And yeah. um and sing together. Yeah. Um, I was just telling my little boys the other day, we call them our beautiful boys because they only exist because of Beautiful the Carol King musical, <laughs> because my husband <laughs> and I were set up on a blind date by my dresser. <laughs> and so it had never come up before, but that the day that Carol King surprised us all, which you can if you just put Carol King surprise into YouTube, you can find it. Um, and she surprised us all um, as we were collecting for Broadway Cares, um, and um, and she started and stay and so people in the audience were like, "Sing for us, Carol!" And so she said, "I'll sing if you give money." So three different people <laughs> gave ten thousand dollars on the spot, and so she started singing, "You've Got a Friend." But then she said, "You sing it." And this was why I showed the video to my boys was I said, you don't understand what it feels like to have a thousand people singing. You've got a friend to you. Mm. This, it, it was the, one of the most moving things that's ever happened to me was to have these people singing back at us. And it felt like church. It yeah. really did. Yeah. Oh. What, what advice would you give people listening to this podcast about being a, an activist, a philanthropist, being giving back, you know, there's so many different ways to, you know, talk about what it is you do, social impact. Um, what advice would you give to people um, about getting more involved? You know, it's so, it's uh, that a great question. I, I honestly think, and it's you, you all brought it up, which is show up actually like show up for, show up for the people you care about and the things you care about, right? Show up show up at the ballot box and vote like show just just show up really because if you don't the alternative to not showing up is is apathy and right is is like not mm -hmm. caring mm -hmm. and not doing anything whereas if you do show up the possibilities are endless about what could happen showing up means you could find a a, a new collaboration a new friend a new connection a new community to join Right, so uh, I, I just think that every time I've said yes and shown up to something, even when I didn't know what I was getting into sometimes, but, <laughs> but, the, person, but the person that asked me to show up was somebody I trusted and loved, I, and, I, and I was like, I don't know what this is about, but I'm gonna show up for this person because I care about this person. Mm. You know, the same thing happened with our little theater company, Jaredoa. We had no idea what that was gonna be about. We just, and mm. we named it just a room of artists doing outreach and theater because <laughs> that was the mission. We just showed up. We showed up, Jaradoa. That's what it stands for. We had <laughs> no, no sort true. of grand plan. It's literally, what it, it's an acronym for what it was yep. going to be. But we yeah. just showed up for each other, and it became something yeah. because we showed up for one another. And it also became lasting friendships and connections that I would have not yeah. had had I not shown up because Anika asked me to. Right. So um, yeah. And so I, I don't know. Show up, I guess, is the is the advice. I think that's a great last word for this podcast. Mm -hmm. show up thank you both so much thank for being you. part of this thank you Anika for co-hosting with me for the series it's so great and Telly thank you for staying up late yeah. and being part of this and for being an amazing role model and for showing up thank you thanks for listening to this episode of the Broadway Gives Back podcast if you like what you hear please subscribe and rate Broadway Gives Back wherever you stream your podcasts you can also follow me on Facebook at Jan Friedlander Weiss and on Instagram at Jan for Good. Broadway Gives Back is part of the Broadway Podcast Network, produced by Dory Berenstein, Alan Seals, Kimberly Garris, along with their team of amazing collaborators and wonderful humans. To 
learn more about this podcast and other Broadway podcasts, visit bpn.fm slash broadwaygivesback. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.